Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how much lifestyle creep is actually okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's become a hotter topic in financial planning. Um, and to a certain extent, I almost think we've overdone it as planners, not you and I, but the industry. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big aha moment for maybe the industry as well as, you know, kind of presenting the data, uh, you know, just looking at numbers alone uh, to our clients. But we also forgot, like, how real life is, <laughs> right? <laughs> we like looking at numbers. And so we just presented the numbers rather than actually looking at, like, okay, this is actually how life actually progresses and occurs. Uh, so we're going to talk about how much lifestyle creep is okay. We're actually going to go into some, some details as well. So if you are listening to this in your car, uh, we are starting a YouTube channel. And so you might want to check us, check us out on the YouTube side as well, because we're going to be showing some data points that might be, might be nice to see the visual side. But before we dive into that, Alex, uh, we are drinking a new beer today. Yeah. Flow state. It's a, it's a hazy IPA from everybody brewing. Um, do you know where this one's at for, or where this uh, brewery is, Ryan? Yeah, it's in Washington. Um, White, oh, what was it called? Um, I'll check it out while you give everyone the, the data there. Sure. So uh, it clocks in at only 30 IBUs uh, and uh, it does pack a little bit of a punch at 6.6%. Yeah, so it's White Salmon, Washington. So um, actually, my wife Diane was out and about and saw this one, and she knows we we obviously like to have a beverage as we're recording, and so uh, she checked this out. It's a hazy IPA, which I'm always a big fan of. What are your thoughts on it, Alex? It's it's interesting. Like the 30 IBUs definitely comes through. It's it's lighter. It's definitely lighter, not not as not as bitter. Um, but I I actually quite enjoy it. Yeah, it's like some of the description of it is velvety smooth and mm. that that fits very well with this this is uh this would be a, like a really great summer beer yeah i'm gonna give it uh about a cup rating for me it's probably gonna be i'll give it a, a seven out of ten yeah it's i'm i'm right there that was debating between six and seven i, I i'll you talk me into it i'll go seven <laughs> so uh let's talk let's talk about lifestyle creep here so you know real quick right let, let's define lifestyle creep because you know, you always got to start there because someone might twist words or ha- heard something, ha- heard it, you know, spelled out differently somewhere else. Let's define it in terms of how we look at it. Sure. So lifestyle creep to us is the increase in your spending as your income goes up. So, you know, you, you know, get out of college, you're making, you know, 35, 40, $50,000, whatever. Um, and then time goes by and you get a, Big promotion. You go from, you know, sixty thousand to seventy thousand dollars, and it's extra ten thousand uh, dollars of income. How much of that gets saved, and how much of that gets spent? That the the extra spending there is lifestyle creep. And so that lifestyle creep number, the reason it got a lot of I'll call it publicity is. If you don't have that lifestyle creep, so in your example, you went from 60 to 70, right? So that means you you technically should be able to save an additional $10,000 if you don't have any lifestyle creep. Over time, that's a huge the, amount of money. 
you're also living in a wonderful world with no taxes there, right? Right. I, I'm trying to keep it simplistic here, right? So over time, that's a lot of money. Imagine getting that type of increase over time or even a 3% increase you know, over time, which most people do get. Um, over time, that's a lot of money that we're able to save. And so they talk about how, you know, don't have your lifestyle creep uh, as your income goes up. And while in theory, it makes sense, but in practicality, like it doesn't make sense because there's this thing called inflation. So you're probably going to have to spend more money. Otherwise, like your lifestyle is going to go down. So, <laughs> right. Lifestyle deflation is not typically what p- people want. Um, <laughs> but to go to another level of that is we work our tails off, right? And we, you should, in my opinion, take uh, some reward from working your tail off. Now, should you take all of the award? Probably not. And we're going to dive into the numbers to explain how much of that award or reward you should be taking. And I, I think that's what's missing in that don't take the lifestyle creep type of aspect. Yeah, it, it's all about finding that balance, right? So enjoying today... And at the same time, saving for the for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow looks like, whether it's one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, having that balance between the two. So speaking of saving of tomorrow, right? There's a formula out there that we hear all the time. And the, the formula is take 25 times your expenses. And that is the magic number you need uh, to retire. Yeah, this is the 4% rule in reverse, right? So if you, you know, multiply by 0.04, it's the same thing at like that is the same thing as multiplying whatever your income needs to be times 25. You you you're it's two sides of the same equation. And, you know, ultimately this is the most simplistic back of the napkin calculation to go ahead and figure out how much money you need for retirement. It's also, by the way, the most inefficient way of creating income, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And the other thing that most of the time gets ignored is people go, oh, okay, cool. So my expenses are currently a hundred grand. And so you take a hundred grand and multiply it by 25 and you go, okay, cool. I only need two and a half million. Well, that's true of today. But we want to know how much money you need at retirement. And so we need to increase that hundred grand by inflation. We can discuss like, hey, how much inflation should we adjust by? And like everyone's situation is different. Everyone's situation is unique. We can go ahead and have some of those conversations. Doesn't matter what the number is, but it's not going to be two and a half million. It's going to be something more than that. Because if you have two and a half million, you're not going to be able to live on the same amount, the, the same lifestyle 25 years from now that you have today. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, we just read an article that missed the inflation piece of this this article, like from the get-go. And it's not that the, the writer was, you know, trying to mislead anyone. I just think too too many times they're trying to make it simplistic, but they're, the issue is, is that as a reader, you might forget the fact, like imagine making a hundred grand right now. <coughs> So you're going to go, okay, so I need 25 times $100,000. I need $1.25 million. That's not accurate because they're because of inflation. So it's, it's what you, what will you be making or from an spending, I guess, 
the year prior to your retirement. That's really the number that should be used. You and I started chatting about this, this article, and then we started going into Okay, what? How does lifestyle creep play into this? What are the actual numbers? So I think Alex, should we dive into like showing the math yeah. behind lifestyle creep and and formula and all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, let's jump into it. So let me share my screen here. All right. So those of you watching on YouTube, we've got uh, this. Well, we. Alex and I utilize, it's called the living balance sheet. So we're looking at someone's balance sheet here, by the way, this is a fictitious person. Um, but let's go into a calculator that we would use here, Alex, and let's start messing with, let, let's show, let's start with, if you, if you just keep up with lifestyle creep versus if you just saved like 1% of that lifestyle creep, like how does that, what's the difference in, in figures there? I think that's a great place to start. I agree. So We'll do 25 years period of time. So, right, we're going to pretend that this person's like 40 years old. Let's just use a 4% rate of return number, like sure, real that's rate fine. of return number. All right. So let's add an event here. So we've got someone's income coming in the door, and let's just say they're making $200,000 a year, right? What do we want to put in terms of the increase in that that income over the next 25 years? I, let's say 4%, Ryan. Okay, 4%. All right, and so what is this person saving? So if you make $200,000 a year, what is this person saving per year? Let's say that they're saving the magical 10% number that everybody talks about. So they're saving 20K, which means that their expenses then uh, become 180K. Okay. And let's just say they keep pace with how much their income goes up. So their their lifestyle goes up by 4% just like their income. Which means that they're essentially saving that same percentage. 10% of all of their raises is what they're saving. So if this person does that over the 25-year period of time, in 25 years, they'd have $1.3 million. That's what that's showing, right? Now, what a lot of advisors and and guide outs. Let's put that in perspective for a second. $180,000. Ryan, scroll down. What are they spending at retirement? So, so lifestyle now is 180. Mm-hmm. What they're spending in 25 years is 461. So, we take 461 and multiply by 25. We need $11.5 million in order to be able to retire and live that same lifestyle. So it's a big number. Like even I'm sitting with like this person, like obviously they have no way of getting to that that figure based on their their current approach. And and that's real life. Let's call that what, what it is. If you are keeping pace with your increases in income every single year, when you go to retire, that means you are spending 461. And I think yeah. too many times we, we hear people say it all the time. Well, when I go to retire, I won't have a mortgage. And let's just say that's that's actually the case. Cool. This person doesn't have a mortgage anymore. So let's okay. just say their mortgage was three grand a month, Alex. Cool. So now instead of four sixty one, they're net like let's say that the taxes and insurance continued to go up, and so instead of three grand a month, it was sixty one thousand three hundred and ninety five dollars a month or a year. So that makes the math easy. Okay, now they've got four hundred thousand dollars worth of expenses. That times twenty five is still 
$10 million. Now they're going to have something more than zero that we've given them thus far. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, like most people save something between when they start working in age 40, but the one point three that they saved over the 25 years, not enough and not close. Yep. So that's if you're spending all the money. So here, here's how big of the difference it can be. Let's just say this person decided, okay, my income is going to go up by 4%. I'm only going to allow my lifestyle to go up by 3%. Okay. So I'm always curious to see these numbers. So we got $1.3 million now on those numbers that we just said. Now, if we back it down and now it's 3% lifestyle creep, it jumps to $2.6 million, double what it was. And this is saving just under 50% of the increase. <laughs> and here's the other key ingredient. And this is why that's the case. Remember, it was 461, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. in, in that first scenario that we were going over. Now, at year 25, their lifestyle cost is 365, 366 if I round up. Sure. So now we're talking about if we subtract out that mortgage that's paid off, we're now closer to 305 a year. And if we take that number and multiply it by 25, now instead of 10 million, we only need 7.6. And so while this person at 2.6 million is still a long ways away from 7.6, they're still way the heck closer. And it's now possible to have some light at the end of the tunnel as opposed to not possible. So this, this is a big area where, you know, we started this conversation around lifestyle creep. And, and while we, we stated, we started it with, you can't not have some sense of lifestyle creep because inflation, right? Like you have to, to pay the bills, you have to have spend more money, right? But you don't have to spend all of the money. And that's a big, big difference. Oh, it's huge. And I think, like, that's the main point that we want to get across. And so the answer to our question here, Alex, right, around how much lifestyle creep is okay is really close to 50%, you know, based on the numbers we've been going over because, and this is how real life works. And I, I think many people forget this. This, per- this person making $200,000 a year, Alex, didn't get out of school making two hundred thousand a year. No, not Most at likely, all. Right? I hope not. Well, if otherwise, if, if they did, if they did, they're anymore. doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? This person probably got out of school making thirty five thousand a year, and then over time, the income's gone up steady, and they probably had some some decent um, pay raises. And now, at the age of forty, now they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, when you're making thirty five grand a year, and because of lifestyle, or not. I mean, we'll call it lifestyle, but it's really what, like going to bars and whatnot, whatever that is. Like, I don't know about you, but when I get out of school, I was still pretending I was in school a lot of time. <laughs> I just had a job. Well, I guess a real job at that point. But anyways, you've got, you've got this, this income that's going up, right? But it starts at $35,000. As it's going up, you're getting married, possibly. You're buying your home, possibly. You're, you're having kids, possibly. And so it's very easy for lifestyle to go up and it should go up, right? Because you have to have more income and more lifestyle to, to, to care for your kids and, and the cost of that 
I mean, heck, Ryan, when was the first time you bought your first iPhone? Uh, I don't even know. 15 years was ago? It, when did it come out? Sure. I, after you got out of college. Yeah. Like yeah. that was an expense like that you didn't even know that you had, right? Like when was like when was the first time you bought like an Apple Watch or like the, all of this technology that we're stacking on? Like there's going to be something else that comes around in five, 10 years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years that it's not a percentage. It went from zero to something significantly greater than zero as a percentage of our budget. Um, and so that's an example of technology inflation. Um, when I think we're causing lifestyle is, inflation. Right, exactly. And the key that we're getting at here is early on, obviously you're not going to have as much, much savings capacity in life. The way the real life works, your income is going to go up. And in theory, it should be going up quite dramatically. Like stop and ask yourself this question 10 years ago, how much money were you making? Right. Right. So as your income's going up, as you're getting your peak earning years, and this tends to be in your 40s and into your 50s, that's when you should be saving the most money. And oftentimes it's not because, as we just pointed out, most people allow that lifestyle creep, all of it to come into play. Right. Because they're trying to do X or they're trying to hold on to Y or whatever it is. Like they want the the big family trip before the kids go off to college or or whatever else. And I totally get that. But at the same time, you have to have it stay within reason. It's allow some amount of lifestyle in inflation. Don't allow complete lifestyle inflation. So our rule of thumb is 50% lifestyle creep, right? That way yeah. you're rewarding yourself as well as setting yourself up as best you can for the future. You get the best of both worlds. And it's based and, on the numbers we just we just went over. And it, it's... As you said, it's a rule of thumb. Your situation is likely going to be different. So sit down with a professional and help figure out like what's appropriate for you. So I think it's a great segue to our question of the day, which we didn't really prepare for today, Alex. But if you got a question of the day for us? Yeah. So what's your method of dealing with lifestyle creep? How much is it affecting you? And do you have a way to systematically avoid it? Because if you don't, you're not. <laughs> so head over to beerandmoney.net and either answer that question. There's a contact us spot at the top of the page. You can answer that question. Or if this stemmed any other questions in your head, feel free to reach out to us with those questions because we can obviously talk about it on this podcast. Look, we started this podcast to help you think differently about your money from the standpoint of so you can live the life that you want. This isn't us telling you what to do with your money. This is us bringing concepts, strategies, action items based on what you want. Today's conversation was about lifestyle creep. If you want it to go up by 4% every year, great, do it. Just know what the, the results are from that. So as always, we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. 
Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023-154898, expiration April 2025.